podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the Fabio Pan Podcast. Hey. Beautifully done. It's pod 445. We are back after a week away. Apologies, there was no pod last week. Um, I was otherwise engaged. Um, you weren't. I, well, I wasn't. <laughs> if you can call sitting in the corner of the delivery room uh, eating snacks, otherwise engaged, then uh, yes, that's what I was doing. But no, uh, our, my son was born. Massive thanks. I've had so many messages from people lovely messages from fyp listeners and palace fans so thank you to everyone that's checked in really really appreciate it uh, and everyone's been very understanding while there was no pod last week so thank you so much to everyone really really appreciate it but it is good to be back and um, it's good to be oh, back sorry. am i allowed jd to say how proud i am that you're calling the little boy patrick kevin it's very sweet yeah yeah we weren't supposed to announce that but thank <laughs> you. you you have now broken that embargo so uh yeah thank you very much um it's nice to be back discussing a palace win uh, with Kevin Day, of course. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yes, apart from I'm a little bit cross because I, I I like to do my bit for the community. I spent about 15 quid on sweets yesterday, put a couple of candles in the window and not one little sod came knocking. They just haven't got the work ethic anymore. No. Treaters, just... But you've got, got the benefit 15- now. You've got the benefit of the sweets. Uh, well, except I have, but I can't eat them because the tooth is still being worked on from the marathon march when it fell out. Oh, so I've no. got all these chewy, I've got all these chewy sweets and uh, jelly eyeballs that I can't eat for two weeks. It's a nightmare, absolute nightmare. Uh, also here, uh, Jack Pierce. Jack, how are you doing? I should say as well, with the pod last week not being on, we did avoid talking about a very heavy defeat. So that's that's why I sent you a text saying congratulations. I didn't even know, uh, didn't even know a second child was on its way. So um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, avoiding the the need to talk about a horrific three 0 win at Goodison, which we've now put on the record, which did happen on this podcast. So yeah. if anyone wants to hear about that game, we've just talked about it. So we can now look forward uh, and uh, into the future. Yeah, well, in a in a real Freudian moment, you just called it a three 0 win as well. Oh, I did I? I? Yeah, that was very. So this is what happens. This is what happens when a win. Oh yeah, well there you go with the family links i guess yeah oh my dad will be proud um but yeah with, i guess with the the win at the weekend i've, I've just glossed over that three nil defeat defeat listener yeah, you see, what, uh, you see what's happened jack is that you've caught baby brain as well i know this is, is the power of zoom <laughs> it, it is contagious believe me well, I've also jim can I, 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 I don't know what it is behind your head but it's slightly distracting because it looks like you've got a halo yeah. Many have said the same in yeah. the past, Kevin. That's his Halloween outfit. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we do a shout out to Random Patron before we get going? Yes. Let's do, do yeah. a drum roll. It's Mr. Philip Quasi. Hi, hey, Philip. Philip. Spelt the same way as 
former Portsmouth and Southampton midfielder Nigel Quasi. So I'm assuming oh. it's spelled the same way. But if I've said it wrong, yeah. Philip, I apologise. But thank you very much for joining our patron. Uh, you can join our patron as well, like Philip, and get all the rewards, including post-match podcasts, patron-only merchandise, and access to patron-only Discord club at patron.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-Y-P podcast. Uh, can I do a really quick shout-out for friend of the pod, Richard Foster, who has a new World that. Cup <clears throat> World Cup themed book out uh, called World Cup Nuggets. Uh, he really has called the market with the word nuggets, I think. I mean, he has really he has made it his own. That's uh, a fair play. And this is a revised and updated uh, version of uh, his uh, Nuggets book series uh, for the 2022 World Cup. Um, it says here, Richard provides you with yet more of the weirdest and the wonderful facts in World Cup history. Uh, so you can get that from halcyonpublishing.co.uk. Uh, do go check it out and support uh, a friend of the podcast. Uh, it's, it's very good. I'll have to say I got sent a copy to review. It's very good. Yes, you are listed on the website as, a, uh, as an important quote. Yes, I, yeah. I did not know there's a, an England footballer who played the whole game with his shirt covered in dog pee. You <laughs> really? Have to buy the, yeah, you'll have to buy the book to find out who. Wow, I'm in. I'm, yeah, I'm missing out. In. I'm, I'm missing out here. I'm going to have to put Kevin on my CV or something because, you know, Rich is getting a quote from him. He was on your poster. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to come on my CV. What would you, Kevin, what would you say? What would you say to Jack? What would you say on his CV? Uh, reliable. Okay, yeah, one like, word. Like, Fine. Yeah. Five out of ten. Well, no, it's a, <laughs> turns up. Uh, the late great Sean Locke, uh, who we all loved, put the timeout comedy reviewer up against a wall once because he called him reliable. <laughs> it just implies that I turn up on time and that's it. I'll no, I would say with Jack, I would put uh, uh, insightful, enthusiastic insight from a, an up and coming young pod star. Well, wow, up and coming. <laughs> That's wow. Thank the Theo you. Walcott of our podcast. Hey, right. Theo, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, Theo Walcott getting into the England squad in 2006 was when I knew that I wasn't going to become a professional footballer. So thanks, Jim. You, yeah. you know, Kevin <laughs> brings me up and then you just bring me right back down again. You're welcome. And I'd imagine that might even be featured in World Cup Nuggets. Who knows? <laughs> was it a World Cup? Yeah, it was World Cup, wasn't it? Um, I think we should talk, Kevin, about a Palace win. Yeah. 1 0 against Southampton. Third home win on the bounce. Third win this season from coming from behind. But was it another, and I'm going to use a big cliche here, but you know I love a cliche. Was it another game of two halves? <clears throat> well, clearly it was, yes. At first, we didn't come from behind to win this one. We actually. Took oh my the God. Lead. Baby brain's <laughs> kicking in. You're right. Oh, God. Uh, first home clean sheet of the season, now, I believe. Oh, no. Brentford was a home clean sheet. First no, win no. of a clean sheet. Brentford uh, was oh, one off. Oh, Brentford's one off. Um, yes, I, I have to say I was quite pleased. That was because I was due to pod last week after Everton. And I was pleased that uh, it, it couldn't happen. So I, I, I was probably overly discouraged by that Everton result. I, I took it hard. And judging by the reaction on social media, <laughs> so did so did a lot of fans. It was a strange. Uh, I was I was discouraged. I, I had a couple of days when I was thinking, you know, we haven't we haven't moved forward. We, the progression we hoped for hasn't happened. And then after about forty five seconds on Saturday, I was thinking, oh my god, this is it was shocking. And then Wilf, I think, won it high up the pitch from one of the defenders, and I think we had. Arguably, I mean, certainly the best 44 minutes we've had under Vieira and, and arguably one of the best 44 minutes of football we've seen for a long time at Palace. It was it, it was dynamic. It was quick. We were on the front foot. All the things that we hoped for at home games, we took the initiative. We won the ball much further up the pitch, which is something we've spoken about not doing since since Gallagher went. Some superb one-touch football. Edouard, uh, Edouard left the line really well and got into the box. 
I mean, that, that brilliant piece of football when uh, Eze sort of mm. caught it on his, the back of his left foot and flicked it with his heel for Wolf to cross was just uh, uh, stunning. For I think, I think most of us at half time, just as Leeds couldn't maintain their really good forty five minutes against, I, I, I didn't think we could have the same impact again in the second half. I didn't expect us to, to be quite as passive as we were, and I, I think we wanted that second goal but the first the first half I was really impressed with 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 everybody really I've, I thought Luca was outstanding Wardy I know Jack will be pleased to hear this I thought Wardy was was very good whereas against Everton I was thinking yeah how many other Premier League teams would be starting with Joel Ward yeah it's that kind of that's the attitude but I thought I thought it was a really good uh, first half I think in the end we thoroughly deserved the win and again we're picking up points against the teams around us the home record is is being consistently good, which in a way it hasn't done before. And if we can pick up, if we can get, to, uh, get even a couple of points from these last two games for the World Cup, I'll go into that much happier than I would have done last week. And yeah, there are still things we need to improve. There's no doubt about it. We still need a bit more cover. Uh, Elise's got. We either have to swap Elise and Wilf, or Elise has to spend the World Cup learning to get outside defenders. But at the end of the first half, these were small criticisms, really. I, I really enjoyed that first half. So can we, Kevin, can we start calling Sellers Fortress Sellers again? Not until we start getting that sort of result against bigger teams, basically. But for the moment, what we've always asked for is to be better than the teams around us, is to win, it's a terrible cliche, but to win that many league, that mini league. And I think that was a shock with Everton because until then our record against the teams outside the traditional big four had been, had been perfect. We, we hadn't lost and you know, still the issues with Everton last year, I don't like them. So I didn't like that result, <clears throat> but I think some of the football was starting to see itself, but we just have to find a way of putting it together for two halves of a game, basically. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, Jack? I'm not, I'm not going to call it, a reaction uh, to Everton because I still get PTSD from the time I said that to Roy Hodgson in the press conference and uh, <laughs> the look still sends shudders down my spine that he gave me. Um, but it was obviously very, very disappointing um, at Goodison Park. But we've said on this pod, haven't we, numerous times, if Palace can just come out the blocks and have a good first 45 minutes, we can then join that with these second halves and maybe get something. And actually, it was obviously the other way around on Saturday and Southampton were very good in the second half and, and had lots of chances and Guaita kept us in the game. Is this fact that Palace can only seem to sort of play for 45 minutes, is that a worry or is it symptomatic of the Premier League, the squad options, anything else in particular or are you worried about it i'm not worried about it but we are a little bit peculiar in that there aren't many other teams this season that are performing as differently in the two separate halves of one game so we are a bit of an outlier in that sense um it was bizarre to see how dominant we were in the first half and we really were you know it was it was brilliant now, there were times when you know we we're just winning the ball back in parts of the pitch that no team wants to lose the ball in we were just you know, going at them the whole time and, and to only be one up at half time was really disappointing. But then the second half, um, and I don't think I really realised this until I watched the highlights back of, of just how dominant Southampton were at times and the chances they had. But I'm not worried. I think um, 
oh, I'm not worried because we've picked up wins. I'd be worried if we'd, you know, drawn against Leeds, Wolves and Southampton um, and would be six points less and, and be, I think, probably in the relegation zone mm-hmm. had we not won those games. So I'm not worried, but it's certainly something that I hope will be worked on in the uh, the extended break from mid-November through to, to Boxing Day. I'm, I'm expecting that to be a concern of, of Vieira. He won't want his team to only be performing properly for for half of matches so I, I think it'll be worked on um and um, I'm hopeful that we'll see um, a different approach in in the second half of the season albeit quite happy with the points tally that we've achieved up to this point hmm. <clears throat> I think as well it's it, it, it's much less worrying to get the first goal and then maybe it's not well, I don't think we deliberately set back on it in the second half I just mm. think Southampton discovered an energy that they didn't have. And and yes, Vicente made some really good saves, but it, it was never the Alamo. It was never... Uh, no. We were never under siege for the most quick, part. We, yeah. It was a quick succession them, of chances, wasn't it? it, 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 it exactly. We, we allowed them to have the ball. We can see the possession far more in the second half. And if if the plan is to get 3-0 up at half-time and, and coast through the second half, then the only thing that went wrong was we didn't get the, the, the second two <laughs> goals. I think as well, we have to remember Eze and Elise. Eze is still coming back from that injury at least he's young it's really hard for them to maintain that level of energy and intensity because to play the sort of football we played in the first half that sort of one touch football everyone's got to be doing it everyone's got to be able to do it and I don't think that's possible um and and basically Southampton marched forward 10 yards anyway so we didn't have as much space to play that sort of football but I thought for, I thought for the most part we managed the second half reasonably well to be honest and uh, yeah they hit the post but we so did we in the in the first, just nearly in the first half. So no, I was never too worried in the second half. But yeah, the, the, the second goal any start. I mean, Jordan just took too long to get that ball across to Wilf. Otherwise, it would have been a tap in, and then yeah, it would have been a lovely last fifteen minutes. We probably could have got a third. But yeah, Southampton were never going to be as bad in the, in the second half. Their, their fans would be a lot more worried than than we are but there, uh, there was a moment after the Everton game where you looked at the league table and you just thought it wasn't meant to be that way this season mm. and and also the other worry is as well that I think Forest probably will go down but to, to Fulham and Bournemouth have really surprised me I have to say I still think we'll finish above them but normally by this stage of the season there's two teams on five six points and, and you're looking at finishing above one team and it's so compressed so just that one defeat almost looked like it dragged us back into Worrying times again, and then one more win, and you're looking at the top. We're in the same points as Liverpool, so I think um, it's it's often used the phrase "good win," and there's no such thing as a bad win in the Premier League. But I felt walking from from Selhurst on on Saturday, Saturday was a good win because yep. on another day, given the statistics, given the way the game turned out it probably would have been a fair result for Southampton to pick up a point on Saturday, given their second half performance and and the fact that we weren't particularly threatening in the second half. So to hold on with the clean sheet um, and get reward for the first half performance was, was really positive. Um, I, I thought Southampton's just one sub really changed it for them and bringing on Maitland Niles yeah. in the, in the second half um, or at the start of the second half completely changed them. And you said, Kevin, you know, just played 10 yards further up the pitch because they, had a better pivot at the base of their midfield. So um, that that just one sub seemed to kind of get them into a, a better gear. But yeah, good a good win. And I will say it again, because I've, I've, you know, as you say, Kevin, the, the league table, it looks a lot more comfortable for that extra two points than if we had yep. dropped two on, yep. on Saturday. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it, it's going to be very tight down the bottom this season. As you say, Kevin, a few teams are really surprising people. And I think the nature of the Premier League 
this year and probably going forward and over the last couple of years is that a lot of the teams are really good. It, it, fewer teams are doing a forest and getting smashed each week. And so games are going to be hard. And so I think... I was yeah, still I happy to see win. Bournemouth. Well, I was still happy to see Bournemouth concede three goals in the second half. You know, it's yeah. not... You know, Kevin just touched <laughs> on that kind of mindset. You don't want to be there, but I'm still pleased to see yeah. certain teams lose games against teams that I don't want to see them beating because... You know, a, a three points at home to Spurs would be a really, really valuable three points for Bournemouth, and and I think they're going to pick up other wins this season as they already have done. So, yeah, happy to see them kind of back where you'd expect them to be at this stage of the season. Yeah, and also, again, you'd be disappointed not to finish above Bournemouth and Fulham. If you look at their fixtures, they've had a couple of difficult games. They've been uh, Fulham drew a Liverpool first game of the season, but as we've seen, it's a different Liverpool. They haven't really had a run of games yet, either Bournemouth or Fulham against top six teams um, and I, I wouldn't expect them to win those games um, and I, I would think that we're, I still think we're better than Bournemouth and, and Fulham again the worrying thing is we shouldn't even be having this conversation but it comes back to that oh, it didn't you know it hasn't really seemed like we've kicked on but I've, I saw elements of that in the first half on Saturday which is why I was so happy really because that was a sustained 45 minutes of attacking football that was a joy to watch Really, and, and deserved it deserved far more goals than it than it got. To be perfectly honest, yeah, I agree. But it, uh, the Premier League is hard at the moment, and there's loads of other yeah, teams in and around in and around us. I'm like Andy Townsend, but it, at our level, like Everton, uh, Leicester, who are struggling, you know, worse than we are, and proving that Liverpool. actually having Liverpool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having yeah, loads uh, of money, having you know whatever, isn't isn't a guarantee. And, and also, these teams have played twelve or thirteen games now, so it's not a yeah. fluke anymore. It's yeah. not. It's not unlucky that Leicester are where they are. It's starting to take I, shape. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the worrying thing about the Everton game was because again, every season we started this season, we're going. Finally, we've got a squad. And then before the Everton game, you looked at it and you think, "Where's that squad gone?" We it, you suddenly thought we're down. We're, we're short in midfield. I, I'm sure there's a reason why he doesn't fancy Will Hughes or why he doesn't fancy Riedewald. I know City don't play with two holding midfield players. Most teams in the Premier League will play with two holding midfield players. I don't away think that, from home, yeah. especially away from home. I don't think that will make us any less attractive or attacking. I think, if anything, I think it will give us more of a basis for the attacking players to to, to flourish without them having to worry to it. Because it's clear that as a Wilf, at least they are not particularly good at the defensive side of it. That they don't particularly want to do it. And I, I just think if you, I don't know which one of them you'd sacrifice, but I just think, I think sometimes having two holding midfield players would release Eze even more than he is. But you can't, you can't argue with what happened on, on, on this Saturday. And I think Jimmy was a reaction. I don't, I think you can only say it was a reaction. Oh, Roy doesn't I, listen. I, just, so I think I, might, I think I can get away with it. Yeah, Roy does yeah, listen. I, Roy does listen. All does famous listen. ex-Palace managers listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you speak to him in Russian, he'll listen. <laughs> Um, listen, I suspect the midfield is a good point. I suspect we'll be talking about a defensive midfielder uh, probably in part two uh, in winners yeah. and losers. Before we do that, let me put a few questions to you guys uh, just on uh, Saturday's game. Wheelman, hey, hey, Wheelman. Man, has said, was this nearly typical Palace? Kevin, what do we think? On the scale of typical Palace, what do you think? Yeah, it was up there. It was seven or eight, wasn't it? It's it's not seven our, and eight, yeah. It was not, not our best dance, not our worst. It was uh, on a typical Palace scale. Uh, as Kramer Award, so 7.5 maybe, yeah. Maybe. We'll take that. Uh, Jack, what do you reckon? Nearly typical Palace? Yeah, I mean, I started, I started nearly just talking about Anton Dubeck, which I really want to avoid doing <laughs> on this podcast. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was heading that way the second half. Yeah, it, it, to, to see such uh, 
different performances in the two halves it would have been. But maybe this is the the, the new Palace holding on for grinding out wins at home. Maybe that's the, the new Palace this season. That's the typical that we should expect. Yeah. You know Anton Dubek's real name? Tony Beak. Tony Beak, correct. Yeah, I was once part that. of a, I was oh, once really? part of a, a WhatsApp group called Tony Beak. <laughs> so yeah, and you can right. find more facts like that in World Cup Nuggets twenty twenty two. No, Rich is going to get a load of returns. He's a very rate. Tony's a very he's a very nice chap, Tony Beak. So he doesn't surprise me. He and seems not, like a lovely guy. Uh, not as nice as Craig Rubble Howard, who is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. You've told me that before, and I said, yeah. yeah, very pleased to hear that. Very pleased <laughs> to hear that, indeed. Um, unless you unless you do a bang average Paso Doble, in which, well, in which case it's an absolute enti- nightmare. It's entitled to be angry, really. Too right. <laughs> quite, quite right. Uh, Jacqueline Hart. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Can we wear our home strip for the away game next weekend? <laughs> what do we think? <laughs> we've, got, we've got to do something. Well, I, it, it's that strange thing. <laughs> it does sound like a very royal thing to say, but I'd, I'd rather see us play as the away team for the first part of the away game next week than try and play like the home team. <laughs> Because, I mean, West Ham, they've probably got physically one of the strongest midfields yeah. in the Premier League. And I know that they're not Just... firing they're not firing on all cylinders, but I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't fancy, even if Decor is fit, I really wouldn't fancy it just being him and Schluppy against some of those big lads in the middle of West Ham's. I'll be interested to see what he does if, if Decor is fit. I don't know if we've got any insight into how bad his injury is. No, haven't heard anything. Uh, I, I think it would be tough on Lucas to not start next Saturday, whether Decor is fit or not. But we'll we'll talk about Luca, yeah. I'm sure. I will preview that game, of course, at the end of the uh, end of the podcast. Um, let's take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we'll do winners and losers. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Supporting a team like Palace with all their ups and downs over the years has been stressful, let's be honest. But sadly, as fans, there's nothing we can do about that. However, when life gets too stressful, thankfully, there is something you can do. Life throws up so many challenges, especially at this time of year. You may struggle with seasonal affective disorder, or you may have career frustrations, new relationships, or, for example, have become a parent for the second time. That's what's happened to me. Uh, And the first time around a couple of years ago, it was very stressful. You know, the first few months of being a parent are a lot. It's very overwhelming. Uh, And you feel like you wish, you know, babies came with a user manual. In many ways, you kind of wish life comes with a user manual. And I remember at the time feeling very, very overwhelmed having become a new parent. But talking to someone about whatever is making you frustrated is a great way to work through your issues. Be they stress, anxiety, depression, or just things getting a bit too overwhelming. You know, life doesn't come with a user manual, uh, and it's normal to feel stuck. You know, life doesn't come with a user manual, unfortunately. You know, you know, life and babies, they don't come with user manuals, unfortunately, and it's normal to feel stuck when things aren't working out. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and help you learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to actually being handed a user manual for life. I've been having therapy for a couple of years now to help tackle all sorts of things, and I cannot stress how helpful it's been talking to someone qualified who knows how to help you work through your issues in a safe environment, whatever they may be. I was able to learn coping mechanisms and understand myself better, what my triggers were, and why I dealt with certain situations in a certain way. 
And as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professional, licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash FYP. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash FYP. Welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Hey! It's time for winners and losers. Now, this is normally a patron-only section that you can only get if you sign up at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash FYP podcast. But because there was no pod last week, I'm feeling generous and I feel like I want to make a gesture to our listeners. So I'm making this available to everybody this week. I'm sure our patrons won't mind. Um, so if you like the sound of this, you're on the public feed and you like the sound of the winners and losers, you can get it every week at patreon.com plus Postmats pods and all the other perks uh, that we mentioned earlier. Jim, Jim, if the patrons do mind, how do they complain about this being made free? Uh, they can't. Uh, I've turned off that function on the patron page. Um, so. <laughs> element of the discourse group is also, uh, also, yeah, also you're taking another risk in uh, what I like to call the uh, our legacy fans, yeah, the, the non-patron fans who will be thinking at last we get a chance to hear what the fabled winners and losers is like, and in five minutes time to go. I'm not paying a pound a week for that. I'm, I'm all right. I can live without that bit of the pod. Just <laughs> Jim, Jim had a baby for this. <laughs> What a waste. Um, let's start with winners. Uh, Kevin, let's come to you first. Who's your winner? Well, you know, controversially, I don't often get to say this. Uh, I could say football was the winner in the first half. I'm, I'm going to say the referee, actually, Ooh. who I believe it was only his seventh Premier League game, I understand. Now, is this, but, hang on, is this Jack Pierce's friend, Michael Salisbury? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll provide my insight in a moment. Oh, fine. Okay, but I I thought that Southampton did what they usually do, and they they started queuing up to kick Wilf one at a time, and he was on top of that. I thought very quickly, and gave three a lot. We got a lot of three kicks in the first fifteen minutes, sort of midway in in, in their half. I think he yellow carded three of their players in the first half for fouls on Wilf, um, and I thought. In the first half, especially, that helped us to play the, some of the football we did because I think the players realised that they were there was an element of protection that you don't always see when teams do that to us. Certainly, when Leeds did it to us, they're allowed to get away with it. Other teams have been allowed to get away with it. Um, Ward Prowse, as usual, was nibbling away at Palace players the whole time, and I thought he was on top of that really well. Still not entirely sure what Wilf was yellow carded for, presumably for saying mm-hmm. something or snapping back, but I actually thought he had a good game for uh, an inexperienced referee. So I, I, it was nice to see a ref for once getting on top of that. Yeah, I like that. I love that. Um, Jack, as our resident sort of referee assessor, well, what did you make of... Uh, so we've talked about Salisbury before, haven't we? Just just look at my notes. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, Michael Salisbury, his only previous uh, trip to Selhurst as a Premier League referee was um, the disappointing 2-1 defeat against Villa last year. But um, I remember that for the both, <laughs> both teams being charged and fined by the <laughs> FA for two separate incidents of players being out of control 
and I sensed that was because of the poor quality of officiating. So when I saw that he was he was named as the referee for Saturday or last Saturday, I was slightly concerned. But yeah, uh, to be fair, as Kevin says, he he maintained good control of the game. It was on top of the kind of um, rotational fouling of Wilf, which is you know a weekly bugbear of Palace fans. The only bit that did get me was that yellow card for Wilf. I, I felt yeah. that was um, that was very harsh. He got taken late. I think that was maybe Diallo who was subbed at halftime. And then he got up, Wilf was walking away and he seemed to get a lot of chat from the Southampton bench and just turned around and, and kind of gave some back. Okay, probably a fair booking, but none of the coaching staff got booked from Southampton. Yeah. I just thought it was an easy an easy nick for, for Wilf, to be honest. But um, apart from that, he let the game go, um, let the play continue to the goal. Um, when you see a defender kind of fall as, as Lianco did, um, when Wilf did nothing to bring him down, sometimes you see a referee blow for that foul because it's an easy foul to give. Um, but he didn't let play go back and, and obviously would have trusted his VAR if there was a need to go back. So, yeah, no, fair point. I thought he he was certainly one of the better performing referees that we've had at Selhurst this season. Well, also, uh, allowing that goal, I, I didn't celebrate the goal because I was convinced it was going to get pulled back yeah. by VAR for a the, foul. The guy next to me said that as well. From from, from where from, from our angle, having said that, from our angle, the Elise penalty looked, looked bang on, I have mm. to say. But for, from, from our angle, it looked like Wilf came in from behind and and didn't get any of the ball. So I was convinced it was. So I, I was the one who was celebrating about a minute after everybody else was because I refused to get up until VAR and all that, which I is think, an issue with VAR. Yeah. But but I, I, I think other referees, I think Jack's right, I think other referees may not have, would have would have blown for that. And yeah. But fair play to Wilf. I mean, it, it encapsulated how much better Wilf is this season at, at the physical side of the game, won it yeah. back and then was constructed with it. And then there's a left back who was making the overlap. Mm. So it was really good. Well, I think the technical term for what Lianco doing, was doing there was uh, looking for it. Yes. So, uh, or diving. Yeah. Or diving. Is the, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, he no, was definitely was, uh, looking for it. Yeah. It was, it was good to see that kind of part of the, part of the game be allowed to, to go on. He did. Yeah. He didn't blow for much actually, to be fair. You know, what he did blow for were, was pretty robust in the first half and he, you know, yellow carded what needs to be yellow carded. So, yeah. We've not had any questions about the Elise uh, penalty shout. It was right on the edge. Obviously, I was watching at home. Um, really quickly then, do you think it was a penalty, Kevin? Looking at it afterwards, no. At the time, I, th- I thought, yes, but he clearly... The defender had his leg out and Elise clearly looked looked to make contact with the defender rather than the other way around, to be perfectly honest. Again... It's a terrible cliche. You've seen them given. You probably won't see them given under VAR. But uh, I, what I thought was that was a clear stone. Uh, again, I, the one where Wilf was found, I thought he was in the box. It turned out he was a yard outside it. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Re- no reaction bar. from Elise from the no, no, no. Until okay. yeah. Well, again, the other thing is like one of the commentators said: if it, if it wasn't a foul, then why wasn't Elise yellow carded? Was it's you know. Or well, sometimes it's neither, so, but sometimes it's not a dive or a foul, but that wasn't the penalty. Um, lovely. I think that's the first referee we've ever had on, on winners and losers, or as a winner. So, I was going to uh, say. Gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, can, we, can, yeah, yeah. can I return you to uh, Kevin Friend from the <laughs> yeah. Liverpool game? Please? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a nice first. Uh, Jack, who's your winner? Yeah, I'm going to give it to Luca. Uh, it's quite an easy pick for me for this week. I, um, I've criticised that guy um, <laughs> a lot in the last two years. So to see him, uh, yeah, to, to see him perform as he did um, on Saturday was great. And I thought he did the basics very, very well. And I think he was probably given the brief to keep it basic um, and then let the let the more technical players do the technical things that sometimes Luca 
tries to do that he can't really do anymore. So, um, yeah, I thought he did very well. Um, we've talked about the reliance on Decore being the whole engine for that midfield at times of season. So to see Luca selected there again, particularly after the Everton game where there were there was a fair bit of criticism his way, um, I was you know pleased at the performance because I was a bit concerned when when the team was announced. But um, yeah, did well, and I think he's probably done well enough to certainly be considered as uh, either the sole midfielder this weekend or one of two to play alongside Decore should he be fit to return. I, I was in the fan zone at two o'clock, showing Willing on the Palace for Life stall. It gets busy in the end, there's a lot going on. Mm. Uh, so it's, I, I'd rather been in the Portsons, but it was quite entertaining. But when they read the team out at two o'clock, there was an audible groan from everybody yeah. in the fan zone when Lucas' name was read out. Oh, you could hear me, could you? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, again, it felt that was, that was part of the narrative of the Everton game. You kind of look, Lucas had been a good servant for us. Mm. I, I don't think he's ever been in the top bracket of Premier League midfielders, but he's always been a really good, competent Premier League midfielder. <clears throat> Hard in the tackle. You know, he was following people like Jedinak, who, who would be a legend here in the way Luca never probably never will be. But it felt again like a, a retrograde step when you think you, you look around, you think, how many other teams? Why did we let Kiati go? Uh, and then he had a poor game. But uh, he, I thought in the first half on Saturday he was he was outstanding. I was delighted for him. And like you say, he concentrated on being a defensive midfield player. And he he just he, he sort of stayed within a sort of 30-yard radius, patrolled that area. It, it, the ball seemed direct. He, this, the amount of interceptions he did, he was tackling cleanly. He was just giving it to somebody. And the, I suppose the, the good thing about that setup at home is that when it's just Luca, more or less, he's got four or five players around him that he can give it to quickly. And that's what he was doing. So I thought he did his job really, really well. I, I was, away from home, I'd still like it to be him and Decore, mm-hmm. or him and Hughes. But I, I, I was delighted for him because I'm sure he was aware of some of the criticism that was coming his way. But I thought he played, he played M- very maybe, well. Maybe that's him. more likely now. Maybe now that Vieira's seen that relatively decent performance from him, yeah. <clears throat> maybe he'll now be trusted to to, to start another game. Um, I, I, do you know what I wondered? Somebody made a really interesting point with, with Vieira. Is that maybe... Maybe psychologically, there's this thing with Vieira is that nobody ever refers to the creative side of his game. Everybody always talks Mm. about him as a a stopper, a robust robust defensive midfield player. Maybe he wants people to see that, that, that his teams don't necessarily have to play like that. That maybe that's why the flair aspect is, is emphasised more. But just sometimes you, you have to work hard to, before you can show that flair. And I think at West Ham, as we'll discuss, I think it would be, I'd much rather see two holding midfield players. Give Elise, let him sit on the bench, let, let Eze and Wilf carry the, the creative uh, burden, if you like, with those two standing behind them. Yeah, I thought Luke, I, I thought it was a big ask for Luke on Saturday yeah, and it yeah, needed yeah. a big performance. It was a big moment actually for him and he, and he stepped up and um, and did the job, you know, that we used to see week in, week out a couple of years ago. So I think fair, he, fair play to him. He also did 90 minutes, which I yeah. don't think he's done too many times yeah, over the last yeah, yeah. season and a half. So, you know, I know that Will Hughes and, and Riedeveld came on to maybe supplement that part of our midfield. Um, but the fact that Luca saw the game out as well uh, was a good sign. So, yeah, kudos to Luca because um, there was a lot of uh, lot of question marks at two o'clock, as, as Kevin yeah, says. Yeah, and, and I also think that position, the, the the two two players you want to see stay on the pitch for ninety minutes, the centre backs, and after that, it's it's that defensive midfield players. I think it's a very difficult position to come onto. 
Mm. You know, if you, if you come on as a, as an attacking player, you know what your job is, basically. But you're you get into a rhythm. We we had a brilliant rhythm in the first half, which was basically him winning it back, giving it to one of our attacking players. The second half, we lost that a little bit. But I think it's very difficult to replace a, a holding midfield player like for like within a game. So it's really encouraging that he got the full 90 minutes. Because again, I think that's part of the story that we all thought he would never play a full game again. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact is that he's unlikely to play for Palace unless he starts. There aren't many situations in which he'll come on. You think, certainly next season, when you imagine we'd, we'll be getting another Decore, you, you would guess. So I th- it's it's I, I still want Luca to be a squad player, basically. It's the same with Sloppy. I'd still rather Sloppy was a squad player than a starter. Uh, and these are good players, really good players. So they've been good servants, but I still want us to up that quality a little bit. And I, I would expect us to do that in the in the in the January windows. I, I think we're unlucky with the Chris Richards injury. We, we didn't have a, 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 I didn't have an outstanding window to be honest in this transfer. And I would I would hope that's because they had deals lined up mm. for, that they couldn't get through in the summer, but they they lined up for January. And I, I would expect another defensive midfield player to be to be one of them. Or I would hope another defensive midfield player to be one of them. But performances yeah. like Saturday won't do any harm for Luca no, in, no, his, in his uh, case for a new contract next summer. Because yeah. I think he yeah, expires yeah, his out of contract from, from next I'm, summer. You know, without performances like Saturday, it makes it a fairly easy decision for the club yeah. to say, thanks thanks for yeah, yeah. thanks for the service, Luca. I'm glad you said that, Jack. Actually, it brings me on to a quick question here. Well, first of all, PC Wise has said, uh, hi, PC, uh, thoughts PC. on Luca's performance. I thought he was decent. Uh, and then our friend Magic CPFC hey, Magic. Um, has, well, done a post with all the emojis, which you know I love. Um, all of them. <laughs> literally all of them. First of all, it's a very nice message to me about my new arrival. Really appreciate Aww. that. Um, then has done a question about Luca. With Luca having a good performance yesterday and arguably joint man of the match with Guaita, Mm. does the panel now what's happened here he's he, he sometimes uses emojis instead of words and what i've done is uh, on my notes i have to take out the emojis because it makes my notes flow a bit better <laughs> i've not read this properly and he's i've taken out a crucial word here so let me see if you, you guys can work out what the word is does Good the panel, I, I love these games typical yeah. typical <laughs> probably difficult does the panel see a future for luca at the club after his blank finishes what do we Con- think contract contracts yeah. contract emoji okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the contract. Is there a contract emoji? Oh, there's, um, it's like a little paper emoji. Uh, what is it? Like a little signing oh, emoji. Bloody thing. corporate, um, corporate of, horrible yeah. world. Uh, <laughs> I like, I love the emoji. Thought talk emojis were just like meant to be sent to parents to like just simplify your engagement with them to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talking of, of contracts, I don't know if we've potted since uh, Julian was brought back. Oh, uh, yeah. As, as goalkeeping no, coach. I think we but have. that's, uh, let's, I think we need to mention that. That's, that's fantastic news. That puts spring in my step. Yeah, yeah very nice. He's been brought back to the club. Yeah. yeah. Well, is, and, he's working with a number of age groups. Is that right? Yeah. On, on one particular yeah, yeah. age group. Yeah. yeah. Really good. And if, if, he, if he brings as much enthusiasm and commitment to that job as he brought to the job as, as a goalkeeper for us, then those kids are going to get a benefit of a lot of exciting coaching, I hope. Well, yeah. in terms of goalkeeping, also being the nicest man on the planet. Abs- so. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, the Luca contract, or Luca there, but Luca contract, uh, future for him? Oh, if, he, <laughs> if he carries on doing what he does on Saturday, then there's a chance. If, he, if, he's, if he's happy to accept that he might not be a starter, then yeah. Well, I think he's a, he's a great addition to the squad. Yeah, but let's face it, if we were to be buying Luca, from another club no we wouldn't be that excited by it but I'd, I'd want him to be there 
Yeah, I want them to be there. Interesting. Real, t- real turnaround for Luca based on one ninety minutes, which I guess is. But that's that's what being a football fan is about. Isn't it? Well, quite, quite. But it's also basically. what being a footballer is about. I think. Yeah, in many yeah, ways. yeah. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo mild hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo mild hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo mild hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo mild hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My winner then, 
I think Magic has said it there. My winner is probably Guaita, who I thought was, yeah. again, yeah. fantastic. Um, and one of our favorite listeners, uh, the Cafe E Patufo account, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got to get out of Spain and visit them. Um, says, how good was uh, Vicente? He's been our most consistent performer this season. Easily our best keeper since Nigel Martin. Oh, Julian might disagree with that. Um, mm. How has he got international recognition? It's beyond me. It, does he suffer from big club bias? Bamos Vicente. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. Again, some of those saves, you know, and, and this season he has been really, really reliable. And I know Selzy says it on the post-match pod sometimes, like keepers need to win you points. I think over the few, last few weeks, he has been doing that with some, some of his saves. So very consistent hey, performer. Well, yes and no. I mean, he's, he's, in terms of saves, remember the, the Leeds game, he was really uncertain for about 15 minutes. Gave the ball away a couple of times. His distribution... Well, that was with his it's, feet, wasn't it? It like, was with his feet. Yeah, was still... yeah, but still, yeah, I, 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 that one he tipped, he tipped over the bar in early in the first half. I thought he could have caught again his nitpicking. And I'm, I'm not, a, well, I was London Ambulance Service five side goalkeeper. We won the National Ambulance five side tournament two years running. I can't tell you how pleased all those scousers were when these cocky cockneys turned up and won the title. Anyway. Well, I'm, sure but, you, but, I'm sure you took but, it gracefully. I'm sure you were very in graceful. Terms, <laughs> in terms of shot stopping, yeah, he's been fantastic this season. But uh, I, little, little bits of uncertainty with some of the distribution, I think. But no, he's having a great season. There's no two ways about it. But, I think the... uh, it's it's unfortunate we ended up in a situation where he was able to be joint man of the match for the second half yeah. performance on on Saturday. Yeah, he had a very quiet first half. I think you know the two reasons for lack of international recognition are the the kind of elements that Kevin just mentions there. But you know he's unfortunately at the age of or end of his career so, where yeah, yeah. he's he's you know not the long term option for Spain and and they have got a number of a number of options. I mean, the, if, you, if you'd said ten years ago that. Spain's second and third choice goalkeepers going to a World Cup are likely to be Brentford and Brighton's number ones. Then you know that that's quite the claim, but it's likely that that David Raya and, and Sanchez from Brighton will will be going to the World Cup, and Vicente maybe I don't know fifth or sixth down the list. So I don't even think David De Gea is going to go to the World Cup for Spain this year. So yeah. you know he has got competition in that in that in that role, um, but you know as long as he carries on doing for Palace, I think the thing I always think about Guaita, whatever shortcomings he has. If he had, or if he was better with the bits where Palace fans go, oh, I wish he was better, he wouldn't be playing for Palace. Yeah, because no, the guys, point. the guys' yeah. handling and yeah. shot stopping is that good. Yeah, that if he was electric with his feet, he'd probably be playing for Champions yeah. League. Um, yeah. you know, chasing side. So um, he was, he was very good. I, I don't think, you know, a bit like Kevin said, from the other end of the ground with the Lise penalty shot, I didn't realise how good some of the saves were. Until you see them again, you just think, "Oh, thank God we got away with that one." But particularly the save from I think it's Che Adams when he gets down, yeah, very tight yeah. on his left hand side. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So good saves, and um, yeah, I still think any calls for Sam Johnson to be given a, a go are still premature for me. Um, losers then, or must do betters, Kevin? What are we going with this week? Oh, I'll go Matt Hancock. <laughs> I've forget football. I'm going about. It's been a, it's it's been a long time since I had a, a a nine to five job working Monday to Friday. But I'm fairly certain at the time I wasn't able to just say, "Oh, by the way, I'm sodding off to Australia for four weeks." Is that all right, lads? Um, oh I, I've never I've never watched. I'm a celebrity, but I think I am now going to vote and watch every single week. To I'm, not even, I'm I, not even going to watch it. Kangaroo balls. I'm not even going to watch it. I just just I, vote. I, I, just vote. I, <laughs> I suspect the backlash may be such that ITV. Uh, decide not to send him because also the producers will know that for the first 
10 days no one else is doing any trials first 10 days yeah it's just it's just him this is just him doing all football wise um adam ward prowse was my loser adam, adam ward prowse james's brother james's brother adam yeah adam, he's even worse than james he's a brick in adam he's even worse than, you think james ward prowse is a, is a wrong one his brother adam like you mean adam <laughs> i don't know why i think it's because you said adam sells i can't i can't keep more than two names in my head at the same time uh, james ward prowse was my loser uh because he lost, and that made me really happy. Just looking at his sad little cheating, kicking face at the end because he lost the game. He's a rat. He's a horrible little... Well, okay, if there was a footballer that you could send to I'm a Celebrity so that you could basically vote for them to do every trial, would yours be Ward-Prowse? Uh, he, he... That'd be Adam, Adam Ward-Prowse. <laughs> yeah, of course mine would be James Ward-Prowse. Absolutely mine would be James Ward-Prowse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's my answer. Also, lovely, lovely, those yeah. those Southampton fans who saw fit to boo during a minute silence. Uh, really, I missed that. Yeah, there was, there was quite a lot of booing. I, being generous, you'd like to think they hadn't heard the announcement, but everybody else did. But I'm always slightly concerned when the response to somebody else booing during a silence is for you to shout, shut the fuck <laughs> shut up, up yeah. during the silence as well. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's an odd situation and slightly... Uh, that that was a weird minute silence, and you, yeah. you know, as a as a football fan, every November that comes around, it's um, or October as it was, but yeah, not as peculiar as the delayed uh, singing of "God Save the King" before the Chelsea game, I think, which was a very uh, weird experience. Uh, I well, also, um, now I think not so peculiar as the linesman waiting to flag as he had to do before they hit the post, but then flagging from a completely wrong position. When he was offside, just as he crossed the halfway line. Well, I thought you were going to say he was doing something weird during the minute silence. <laughs> no, 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 no. Adam Ward Prowse was doing Adam Ward stuff <laughs> during the minute silence. I'm actually going to he try was, and find was... out tonight if, if James Ward Prowse has a relative called Adam. <laughs> I'm going to find him and let him know he's featured today. Um, yeah, lovely, lovely shout. Actually, I was going to pick Ward Prowse as my loser as well, but I might try and think of someone else while we go to. Jack Pierce for your loser this week. Yeah, Chris Moyles, also going in the jungle. Not a fan of him, so um, <laughs> that's why I'm a celeb. Yeah, if you want my worst loser, who I would put in the jungle would be James Corden. See, that without Chris, James Corden going in the jungle would be good for Chris Moyles, because then Chris Moyles won't definitely be the first one voted out, as he <laughs> yeah. will be, without a doubt. I He's... think we might find ourselves doing an ITV2 podcast. In the <laughs> it's the spin-off everyone wants us to do. Us two and Rylan in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that Tosser was voted out. And Adam Ward-Prowse as well. Yeah, Adam Ward-Prowse is going to be out. Um, right, loser. I'm struggling, actually, because, uh, you know, after a Palace win, it's uh, always a, a good one. Um, it's not a loser. I just think Michael... Uh, oh, Michael... <laughs> Michael Elise just needs maybe a bit more Adam Adam Elise. <laughs> uh maybe yeah, maybe Michael Elise just needs um a bit more time to get into a bit more form because I think he's just a little bit hesitant at the moment. Um Kevin mentioned earlier that he um yeah, kind of can't go on the outside at the moment, and that might be a confidence issue because there have been times when he's worn a palace shirt that he goes um outside the, the left back quite easily. So I think it's a confidence thing. Um I'm quite hopeful that a you know uh, a gap of first team matches will see that his confidence will will come back and we'll see a you know a flying Michael Elise in the new year. But yeah, just feel for him a little bit at the moment. I think he just needs that that moment to to kind of get himself properly going again. But we 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 almost saw that in the Wolves game when our, one of my favourite goals of the season when he whipped 
Putting that brilliant cross for Eze to come in off the other yeah. side, yeah, and a superb header. header, yeah, yeah. But it's it's just that against really quality defenders in the Premier League, they know where he's going. And but we have seen him do it before. We have seen him use his left foot to beat the left back and get outside them. Yeah, but it's then he has to cut back inside again. For the most part, they know that nine times out of ten, he's going to cut back inside. And I think what he needs to do is just cut back inside and get the cross. Or shot in quicker than he does. He, what, he, what he's doing, and I think Jack's right, it is a confidence thing, is, is he looks great. He, he holds the ball up. The defenders look worried. He cuts inside and then he pauses again before he weighs up his options. If he could just cut inside and then do it really quickly. Because he's he's obviously a, a really fantastic player in the making. Well, I'm but just at the moment, but you, do, you do wonder why just every now and again, just swap him and Wilf, just to give the defenders a different... A, a different problem because Wolf's almost naturally two-footed by now. It, it yeah. always seems like, yeah. yeah. But just to give them a different problem, so at least they can just use his left to get outside and use it and get across in. So it's it's an interesting one. But like you say, Jack, if that's the the worst we can find in in terms of yeah. must do <laughs> and, better. And better. he did, to be fair, uh, do a lovely run and through ball to release for the goal. It was just allowed. Yes, Marge. I mean, he was yeah. offside. But um, sorry, Edward. Yeah, yeah. And that was again. So I didn't see the flick. I thought. I couldn't see how, even rewinding match, I couldn't see how that was disallowed until Ed finally pointed out somebody else has flicked it on. It looked (laughs) like a, but again, Edward, two really good finishes. I mean, that was a, with, with, we saw him in the box far more often than we have done because some of his play in recent games has been fantastic, especially in the Wolves game, some of the build up Mm -hmm. play. But it's all. If you're Edward chat, I'm going to talk about him in part three because uh, I think he deserves a mention. Um, Just just in terms of Elise, just to kind of add some context, I'm mindful that he didn't have a pre season. So he is still kind of playing into into form. And, And this time last year, he was still very much being used as an impact sub. So he's, you know, the progression that he's now very much a first team starter. Um, I just think that 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 opportunity to have almost a second preseason within one season um, hopefully will reap benefits for him because yeah, when that guy's in full flight, there's um, there's not many more players more excited than yeah. him in the league. And he's very young, you know. Yeah. He's very yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very young. I'm not. I'm going to stick with the <coughs> the Ward Prowse brothers as my losers. Um, <laughs> but but Clive. Clive. <laughs> That's the dad, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Terrible influence, Clive. Um, can we do a really quick shout out to the um, the applause in the seventieth minute for uh, yeah, yeah. Clive, aka oh, Sido? Clive, so, oh yeah, Clive, there you go. Almost like you know, um, yeah. obviously an absolute stalwart of 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 many of our Palace going experiences for for, yeah. for a long, long time. Uh, instantly recognisable with those those sideburns. Uh, probably one of the only programme sellers in the country that had his own chance. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was a really lovely, lovely nod from the the, the guys in the HF with the banner and, and the applause. It was just really nice to to recognise someone that's been a you know a mainstay of our match going experience. What? Also, uh, putting his name on the squad list as well, which yeah, was nice lovely. Oh, did they? I they did. Yeah. But but the other thing as well is, uh, and we were talking about this as well after the game is that. <laughs> A, a good 40, 50, 60% of the people in that ground would, wouldn't have known who he was or wouldn't have known the story. But for those of us who did, those of us who are old enough to remember, that was a, a, a it was it was lovely because he was, it was a very strange Max Day experience back then. You know, that, you know, that middle-aged punk bloke who stood at the back of the homestead, a bloke with a suburban dog, a bloke throwing peanuts at you, <laughs> and Sido is all part of it. And everyone stood, and even though it was a terrorist, 
and, and it was half empty. You got really cross if somebody was standing against your bar and the terrace. But Sido was was always part of the, that experience. And for the, for the, it was great that the club fought fit to to pay tribute to someone that, as I say, wasn't part of everybody's experience. So that was that was really nice. And like the HF, I, I should think most of the HF are way too young to actually remember. Sido, so that was great. It's really good, and it just shows that um, grasp of the the history and the continuity yeah. of our club that even younger fans, or especially younger fans, have. So that was wonderful. Yeah, and we we um, we tweeted about it, and a few people tweeted us back who said, "Oh, I I sold programs with him at one point, or yeah. oh, I met him and stuff." And all really lovely interactions. So it sounds like yeah. an absolutely top bloke as well, and a Palace legend as well. So I thought that was really nice. Um, let's wrap up winners and losers there. Then uh, in part three, it's questions. We've done most of them. We'll do a couple of questions in part three and then we'll preview the game in part four um, again. So we've got this weekend. David Rains kicking in again. West, West, West Ham. Uh, West Ham. West Ham on Sunday. Of course. Right. Uh, back after this. time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to Fire Pan Podcast. Hey. Part three, time for questions. As ever, we've ma- we've answered most of them, uh, but we have a few here. We touched on him, Kevin, in part two with our winners and losers. Uh, this question is from Jedinax Beard. Imagine <laughs> <Jedinax> <laughs> if it actually was. I, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, realistically, how many goals does Eddie get this season? Another goal for Edward um, at the weekend. He's having that little run of form. Definitely first choice now. Uh, oh, can yeah. he, though, unlike last season, Kevin, can he actually make it last for the season? How many has he scored this season? Three, Three. league goals. Four um, together scored Oxford uh, in the Cup. Uh, I believe the stat is that in the league, he's, all his goals have been scored in London. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got yes. one away. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah Oxford, the away yeah, one was in the Arsenal. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, um, he, when he made his debut, and it's almost the worst thing that could happen to him, when he scored those two goals in four minutes, proper poachers' goals... We all thought finally we've got that fox in the box that we've we've wanted for so long. We thought he's hit the ground running. He's going to be our twenty goal striker. You forget, and, and the, you know my Scottish cousins who may listen to this will uh, text me to tell me. But there's a big difference between Scottish football and the Premier League in terms of intensity, in terms of pace. Um, he looks. He's starting to look to me. I, I thought the first half on Saturday was probably the best he had as an out-and-out striker. We've seen some really good link-up play from him, as I said earlier, but mainly, mainly on the edge of the box and where he's bringing other players in, where whether it was by accident or whether Vieira told him to, he was looking to get into the box a lot more. I think that's part of the fact that we were playing a lot further up the pitch in the first half than we have been this season. But the two finishes were proper strikers finishes. Mm. The one that was disallowed was a great finish because mm. I think he hit it first time. He, uh, and there was an element of luck because he went through the keeper's leg, but he he deserved it. But the, the finish for the second goal, he kept him on. He kept him so because again, I, I half thought there might have been an element of off, offside in it. He kept himself onside really well, got across the defender or got ahead of the defender really well. And that, that was a proper striker's finish. So... Uh, if he starts every game and we play like that, especially at home, if he were to get 15 goals this season, you'd be you'd be saying that's a that's a really good return. That's a, that's what you would hope 
a club at our level, that's what we, obviously it's not Haaland, but for a club at our level, a striker chipping in with 15 goals a season consistently makes him worth the money as far as I'm concerned. I was I was really impressed with him. And I I, I think it, it, it seems that he, he is Vieira's first choice now by the look of it. Um, and I yeah. think he's started to link up. And if we could just get Elise getting into the box on the right side in the same way that Wilf drives into the box. And also how, how good it was. Wardy, with all, I know Jack, like Wardy's never going to, he's really going to get beyond Elise because he hasn't got the pace and the energy to get beyond Elise and get crosses into the box. But seeing Tyrick getting in there was fantastic. Mm. Seeing him overlap, properly overlapping and putting in a really good cross. So there's just starting to see some, some partnerships. And I thought in that first half on Saturday, they seem to really enjoy playing with each other as well. They seem to know. It looked it looked to me like there'd been a lot of work on the training ground, I have to say, last week. So they looked to me to be playing patterns. They were obviously, they'd obviously been told up front, one touch, two touch, get it into feet. Edouard's control, his close control is really, really good. Okay. And the fact we're seeing that a bit further up the pitch, I, I was really impressed with him. I was, I was quite excited with him, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, Jack? Because we've said previously on the podcast that um, maybe when it, when it was Mateta versus Edward and it was almost sort of week in, week out switching, then maybe Mateta is is a better sort of fox in the box, but Edward has the hold up skills and the, and and the the feet. But actually, as Kevin said, there Edward is starting to add these six yard mm-hmm. box finishes, these yeah. striker movements. As you said, the movement for the goal was absolutely superb to stay on side, and he is he is actually adding that sort of Mateta stuff to his game, which I think does make him now probably our. Our, our first choice, maybe best striker. Oh, for sure. He's he's number one choice now and the goals are coming with it as well. So, you know, Vieira's being rewarded for that trust in, in selecting just one guy uh, rather than the mixing up, which he was doing <clears throat> towards the start of the season. I, I think that, the, as Kevin said, the the finish for the goal that was disallowed kind of sh- highlights to me how confident he's feeling yeah, at the moment yeah. and that it's a first-time finish. Um, and, and yeah, I guess there is an element of luck going through the keeper's leg, but equally that's, you know, a very well-placed finish. But, yeah, his his finish was um, for the goal was was good because he's getting into positions having already missed a chance fairly similar to that. I actually think that goal would have been chalked off for him being offside. I think he's in front of Wilf when when Wilf plays the pass, the one that um, happened early on in the first half. But the fact that he wasn't you know once bitten twice shy by that and was yeah. still getting into positions and and took that finish well, um, yeah, it's a really positive sign. I think he should be aiming for at least. No, 10 Premier League goals this season. That yeah. would be very good progress for his second season. He may well want more than that, but I think anything more than 10 would be would be very positive. Uh, uh, talking to my cousins in Glasgow, who are all Celtic season ticket holders, they all say he wants he up there, he wants to be the main man. Yeah. He, he wanted to be the number nine. Uh he wanted to be the only one who scored goals in the team, basically. And and that's what he did at Celtic. Uh, at Palace, that's not going to happen. He's he's so I think he's probably had to learn. You know, he's, he's come from a situation where he's probably the first name on the team sheet for mm. seasons at Celtic to that not happening at Palace, to having to play in rotation and not always playing in the position he wants to play. But at the moment, I think he's playing in a position he wants to play. He's getting some service and he's and he's doing what a striker should do with with, with the service. He looks very settled it, as well, doesn't he? In, it, in he does. It, that's another thing that I thought, was an indicator. I thought Saturday's best. They look. This looks like a team who like each other. They look yeah, like they, they yeah, look like yeah. they enjoy playing with each other. The, the big problem, of course, for I mean, you look at even Jesus at Arsenal, which I still think is one of the best buyers of the season. He hasn't scored for six games in a row, mm-hmm. and every single striker, every single Premier League club, 
is getting compared to Haaland. That's going to happen to everyone. And he's he's, he's in a total he's in a world of his own. And I, I really, really regret saying out loud on talk sport he might need a season to settle in. I really do regret that. <laughs> but you know, there's no one to live with him. And and the the fact is that Edward is is turning into a quality Premier League striker. And I think ten, I think tens. I think he should be looking for fifteen. I think he should be saying to, yeah. to Vieira, start me every game. He should be saying to Elise, saying to Wilf. Get the ball in the box and I'll finish it. Oh, Kevin, I meant 10 league goals. He'll score his 15th league goal of the season when he scores the oh, in the FA Cup final. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. he's going to cap the season off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll, I, upset. I That'll think... upset Adam Ward-Prowse. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think if he wants to be the main man, now's his chance to prove it. And I, I think he's doing yeah. that. But I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. his opportunity to prove he can be the main man and take that. And that, but as you say, some of the link-up play is fantastic. So they clearly are not, enjoying not playing to, with each other. Uh, well, and Jim, not to say on the mood, but you know, as time will move on and what will happen with Wilf at the end of the season will happen, whether he stays or he goes, the distinct possibility that he will no longer be a Palace player from next season, it, there will be the chance for a main man to be emerging. And that very yeah. much could be yeah, yeah. Watson Edward. I think a lot of people think that's going to be Eber Echeze, and, and rightly so, because Ebbs has got that kind of South London vibe and, you know, it's, it's you know, it's his club if he wants it to be. But equally, if Odson Ed, uh, Edward carries on scoring goals, there's no reason why he can't be kind of the, the focal point of this team. So, yeah, it's exciting for players like him. It's Palace is a really great club for him to be at, I think. I think it's yeah, a really yeah. good suit. But also what Odson has that maybe Ebe hasn't, he can look after himself. He's physical. He's tough. He's physical. Tough, yeah. He takes he takes knocks and he 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 gives them back. He's, he's which is something Wilf is, has really developed under Vieira, without a doubt. Wilf is, I think, much stronger and much more willing to get involved physically than he has been in the past. And I think Wilf is taking knocks more so than he has done in the past. And I think I think I think Jack makes a really good point. I think that there will be time for someone to step up. You know. Well, it's interesting as well that we're not talking about him, Edward, on the left anymore. That was no, no, no. Last season, so, that was a that was, discussion every week. Okay, yeah, yeah. Main striker, now, simple as that. Now he is, is where, yeah, number nine. Yeah. Which is where he, wants he, to, where he wants to be. Yeah. Next next birthday, only turns 25. So, Absolutely, you know, yeah. this yeah, guy, yeah. It, it could be a really good good yeah. signing. But, you know, it's only it's only three goals so far this season. So, <laughs> you know, got off. But it, it's it's promising. It's very, very promising. Uh, thank you very much, Jed Beard, for that uh, question. Um, here's one from Robin Mickelberg. He says, uh, five points off relegation or three points from Europe. How's (laughs) your, (laughs) we always, we always get this. Uh, how's your glass feeling today? Actually, uh, Kevin, we had a question. You haven't been on for a few weeks. Someone last week, maybe it's last week before was talking about your bit of paper, your famous bit of paper. Way too early to get that out surely, uh, this season, but how's your, I'll ask, I'll ask you, how's your glass and your paper feeling? Um, better than after the Everton game, I have to say. Uh, I, do, I do. It's really annoying, isn't it? If any other season, if somebody had said, you know what, 12, 13 games in, you're going to be on the same points as Liverpool, you'd be going, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. It's, I, I, I'm taking encouragement from the fact that we are in, in the league, as I say, in the separate mini league, we are doing really well. I, I do think it's going to be. I'd, I'd, I'm regretting some of the late goals we conceded, but I think, you, know, you, you look at the Newcastle result. By the way, with hindsight, that that turns out to be a really, really good point. Looks better every week, doesn't it? Yeah. When you when you see what they're doing to teams around us, that turns out to be a really 
good point. I I think we are probably starting to play better than our, our league table situation suggests. If we if we had three, four more points, I'd be very happy. I, I, I don't think we're going to get dragged into anything, but I, I still, I still think we're a work in progress. That's that's the thing that I'm optimistic about. Is I still think we're a work in progress. I still think, I, I, yeah, we haven't played well for ninety minutes in any game so far this season. But when we have played well in games, we've done really well. I think we've shown tremendous spirit to come back from being a goal down in in several games. As I think Plymouth have done in three of the four games. Uh, they've won nine games now to start the season, but I think three of the last four home games they've come from behind. I think that shows a really good spirit. Mm. I think we are. I think we're a team going in the right direction. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I just, yeah, four more points. I'd be really happy. But I'm, I'm glass half full at the moment. Ask me again after West Ham. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the paper's staying in your pocket. That's good. At least the paper's not coming out. Oh, the paper. I, even I can't get the paper out. No. Yeah, the Easter's the earliest I've ever got the paper out. I think you got it out. I think you got it out in February one year. I think. Did I? Oh, yeah. It was early, early Easter that year. Early yeah, Easter. that was a long piece. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think given the fixtures we've had at the start of this season, I think you would have taken where we are now. As you yeah. said, oh, yeah, 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 we could have had yeah, a few yeah. more points. Yeah, yeah. You know, Brentford game was annoying, but I think uh, I'm certainly feeling quite positive and excited. I think about where this team could go with all the options we talked about earlier. Jack, are you glass half full? Yeah, I mean, five points in the relegation zone, but seven teams between us and the bottom three and, yeah. and we ended the game week as the young people call it in the top half of the Premier League so yeah. it really can't be can't be anything other than half full for me because and the, the goal know, difference after, isn't bad either yeah goal difference is fine yeah. I mean the goal difference is effectively the defeat at Everton yeah. so yeah. you know I, I'm very comfortable with where we are after 12 games particularly given that we've been to the Etihad we've been to Anfield and we've had the league leaders at home you know it's it's a pretty decent return um, and I think there are lots of things to be pleased with. Yes, there are the odd performance and Everton was an absolute shocker. Make make no mistake about that. And it's very disappointing to hold on or not hold on against Brentford at home. But equally, um, after that Brentford game, we went and got a point at Newcastle, which, you know, as Kevin says, now looks like a really good yeah, point. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's um, it's a good place to be at this, this point in the season. I am hopeful of a few more points before the break. Um, you know, West Ham will be coming, we'll talk about it, but West Ham will be coming off a very difficult uh, trip. Um, and then we're playing Forest, who are rightly the worst team in the league right now. So there are points to be had before we finish. So, yeah, let's maybe reflect on half full, half empty when we get to the break after 14 games. Mm. Be, be an interesting point at that uh, at that moment in time. Uh, and at the break, we might, you're, you're set off air. Potentially might see some Palace players. Yeah, I mean, half half full. It has to be half full in the sense that I think Gareth Southgate's listed his fifty-five man squad, and it's it's not been published, but it's it's very very likely that there are three Palace players in that list of fifty-five players, which again is a testament to where we are at the moment, and it's a distinct possibility that at least one of them will be going to the World Cup, and Mark Gay will probably be unlucky if he's not on the plane to Qatar. I think it's. It's not definite because there is competition at that part of the squad. Um, but yeah, Mark Gay's 
possibly going to the World Cup and for England to have, uh, for Palace to have a, an England player at a World Cup um, would be would be great. So well, yeah, another it, another reason for half full. Yeah, well it would, but if you want half empty, that means you spend the whole World Cup worrying that he gets injured for the rest yeah, of the season. True. Well, and his centre half partner who is definitely going to the World Cup. Well, so. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I well again that illustrates another worry that is doesn't it? I mean, because Chris Richards I think was meant to be cover for both fullbacks and centre back, but he's yeah. he's injured. But I I, I think Gahey will go to the World Cup. I can't see any way that Eze or who was the other one? Who's the third uh, Mitch, one? Mitchell. I Mitchell. I can't Mitchell see being that squad. I can't, I can't see, see any those. circumstances that no. it, where either of those. I think injuries, it's a shame. yeah, injuries. I think it's a shame because I think as a, I think as could do a job for England. I really do, but I think Gay he will will certainly go. And for us to have Gay, he's what 20, 22? 22? Yeah. yeah, for us to have a twenty two year old centre back in England squad would be fantastic. Plus, you know, we'll be fairly well represented in the World Cup. But as you say, also Vieira gets a chance to work with quite a few of the players, like at least say for. A, for a four-week period before those two odd games but after the World Cup in the new year. I think given where we are in the league and uh, the the minimal impact the World Cup will have in terms of availability of Vieira to work with staff, we could be one of the best-placed teams in the league in terms of being able to use that gap yeah. better than any other club in the in the division. So, yeah. yeah, another reason for half full. Okay, half full is definitely my answer, Jim, half full. Okay, good. Thanks for confirming that. Um, cool. Right. Thank you very much to everyone for your questions. Really appreciate it. Uh, quick break now. And when we come back, we'll preview uh, West Ham away. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Pipeline Podcast. Hey. That's uh, part four. Part four? Yeah, part four. Uh, part four West man. Ham away is the next game. Sun- is it on Sunday, Kevin? Two Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday, two o'clock. Oh, man. Okay. Um, what do we think about... Let- let's go midfield. Come on. Let's go midfield. Then we talked about Luca earlier on. Decore, we don't know about. Hopefully back. Kevin, what are you hoping slash expecting? Um... <sighs> I, I would hope. You mean result-wise or team selection-wise? Mid, midfield-wise. Result. I would, I mean, I'm assuming you're hoping for a Palace win. Anything else, I think, would be. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> I would. I would settle for a draw. I would. I would. I would like to see Decore and Luca starting that game. I, I think, as we spoke about before, they've got such a strong midfield. As a, I think, one of the reasons they're struggling to score goals uh, as they are and they were really unlucky in the last 20 minutes mm. away at Old Trafford really unlucky De Gea made two or three really good stops um, but Declan Rice isn't firing on all cylinders and I, th- I think that's partly because most teams are, are sitting on top of him in, in particular mm. um, he's, he's he's a brilliant player and he's one to keep quiet I, I think they're struggling because West Ham fans are not happy because they're seeing that their team are not playing badly, but they're not turning that into wins. They are, like I say, they're struggling to score goals. I think if you can see out, that's why I'd want to go with the two central midfield players. I think if you can see out the first 20, 25 minutes, because when West Ham fans start getting restless, they get really restless really quickly. It was noticeable. I can't remember their last home game, but there was quite a few empty seats. So Bournemouth, Bournemouth. was it Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah Bournemouth. Um, I, I still, for the life of me, can't see how that goal was allowed against Bournemouth. I have to say, I think that was, I, 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 regardless of what the law is supposed to be, that was shameful that he could volleyball that pass. You mean the volleyball assist? <laughs> it's, 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 I'm glad to hear you say that because that's, that's exactly the word I used. So, yeah. I think they got away with one against Bournemouth. I think they will be. Nervy going into the game, yeah. I would, I would settle for a point now. But if we could, I actually, do you know what? If we could get two points out of the next two away games, I'd, I'd be, I'd much rather we our last game was at home. Feels a bit odd to think we won't be there till Boxing Day. Yeah. If we could get two draws out of these next two games, then I would be really, really happy going into the World yeah. Cup. I really would. Having said that, our away form, we haven't won away from home yet. No. 
I, I think you'd you'd expect. I think the the game against us for Forest manager could possibly be his last. I think it's going to be a huge game for him because I think Forest. I just think they approached it all wrong. I, from what I could hear, a lot of the players were not people he wanted to bring in. They clearly can't. So you've got a lot of players there who don't give a flying toss whether they go down or not because they've clearly got uh, contracts that are protecting them against any loss of payment on relegation. I think he's in danger of damaging his reputation. I, I, I think if they if they go into our game having not won on, on this weekend, I think they'll, they'll be under enormous pressure. I really do think they'll be under a lot of pressure. And I, I think for the first time this season, that would, we would be travelling to an away game expected to win it uh, I think I, I'm less worried about our away form because of how good our home form is to be perfectly honest but I, I, I would like to see us pick up a to pick up but again apart from the Everton result our away form has been alright it just hasn't been yeah it just hasn't been brilliant turning into or turning into wins um, I yeah. think uh, Forrest this season in transfer market, a bit last than our first season, wasn't it? When we signed yeah. 400 players and then... Yeah. So basically, what I'm, say, what I'm saying is expect Cooper to go and Tony Pulis to replace him during the World Cup break. Um, back to West Ham, though, uh, Jack. I think if he does go... He did say after the Everton game, I didn't consider two defensive midfielders. and uh, So I don't know if he will. But if he does, I actually think Luke and uh, Decore's back. Luke has given himself, I think, a really good chance to protect. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. certainly done himself no harm to um, whether he's the one or whether he's one of two. Um, I'm, I'm with Kevin. I think the um, kind of quieting down that place. I mean, they're they're happier at the Olympic Stadium than they used to be, but they're yeah. still not particularly happy there. So if they're not performing on the pitch, the fans can go a little bit um, against them. So you know, maybe going with a more defensive approach might see us in the game could open up a little bit as the, as the kind of clock goes by. But yeah, I think anything, anything from this game for Palace would be a a good point. And I, I, although I say that, I know traveling to Europe isn't the same as it used to be, but you know, a trip to Bucharest on Thursday night before they play on the Sunday is, it's not, it's not the easiest thing. I know they live in a a world where the travel is going to be fantastic and, you know, they'll barely see Bucharest, but in terms of, um, in terms of travel, it's not the ideal. They probably will play. Before. They have qualified those. So they probably will be. Yeah, they'll yeah. drop some players, Second. but you know, Moyes and his coaching staff will still be there. So you know, it's 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 not ideal preparation for a Premier League match. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, but we'll, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm my first away game of the season, so I'm hoping I'm the lucky charm and, and I'll be the first. Uh, I'll bring the first home win. In which case, I'll have to negotiate going to every away game between now and then, which I don't <laughs> fancy my chances. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you'll I'll, keep, I'll, I'll keep that for another day. Good stuff. Okay, well, we're back next week, of course, to talk about that game. Patrons will get a post-match pod, of course, uh, straight after the game, patron.com slash FYP podcast. So do sign up there if you fancy that, plus winners and losers. Hope Selzy feels better from the last pod extra. Yeah. I mean, that guy, you know, he's committed to Palace. He uh, He he loves it. He burns the candle at at both ends. So, uh, yes, we hope he feels better, and obviously he will be there. Um, And we'll be back next week in the midweek pod to chat through that game but uh that's it kevin thanks very much for being back on welcome lovely to be here great to have you and jack good to have you as ever thank you mate thank you very fun to talk about a win always is absolutely and if we do lose next week i'll pretend i've had another baby and there'll be no <laughs> so, uh anyway thanks for listening uh enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again soon goodbye
When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air we were breathing was dangerous. Veterans like us are now eligible for new VA care and benefits based on when and where we served. Apply today. Visit va.gov slash PACT. Sports Social Podcast Network.